<laughs> Coming up, interim CEO of USA Rugby, Ross Young, Congressman Steve Lewis, and Hall of Famer slash Board of Director, Phaedra Knight. Brought to you by Friends of the British Council. Hey everybody, welcome back to Rugby Wrap-Up, talking rugby in Midtown Manhattan at the Fantasy Sports Network, Studio 34. I'm Matt McCarthy, and joining me in the studio is Mr. Stephen Lewis, the debonair Scotsman, and World Rugby Hall of Fame member, Phaedra Knight. Hello, Phaedra. Hello, Matt. Hello, Stephen. Hello, Matthew. All right. Uh, <laughs> You know, the pleasantries aside, we have a serious uh, bit of business to get to, and it is the, what we're going to call the State of the USA Rugby Address. And we have a board member. Not only are you just a USA Rugby legend, you're a board member as well. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Don't be so enthused. And Steve, you're the congressman, uh, yeah. the rabble-rousing congressman. And, and we'll be joined right after we take a break. We'll be joined by the interim CEO of USA Rugby, none other than Ross Young. All right? So let's get to it. Steve, where are we now? We've only got 10 minutes, right? We've only got you got. So, yeah. Okay, we're, we're, we're in a bad spot. We're in a bad spot. Um, from a governance perspective. I, mean, I think we can separate things. There's grassroots rugby. There's the actual national teams playing well. There's good stuff being done by players and coaches everywhere across the country. But from a governance perspective, the top tier, the top echelon, we're in absolute shambles. Um, we have well-documented problems with RIM, uh, put out in a very comprehensive article by Pat Clifton. Uh, we have issues with Rugby Channel, obviously. Article. Excellent yep. article. So we've got problems with RIM. We're, we're on the brink of bankruptcy. We are, you know, our, we have our cap in hand. We are in a, a bad place with regard to that. We have a board um, that uh, we will need five board members replaced in the next couple of months. We've got Ross coming in, which is a good thing, but potentially a new CEO. Um, so there's going to be a lot of change at the top, and a lot of change is needed. So that that would be where we are now. Um, and I'll how get. Did, how did we get here, Steve? I think we got here by, because of a failed board. Um, we had a board with a, a lack of a strategy. So, um, so you had a failure of strategy. You had a failure of execution. You had a failure of oversight. Um, not even the most minimal oversight. In short, in my opinion, you have, you've had a complete and abject failure of leadership from the current USA Rugby board, with the exception of the international athletes and Barbara O'Brien, who's joined lately. But uh, the rest of the board is culpable. This is their legacy. Um, they shouldn't really be there. They should play no part in the reconstruction of our game. They have failed their membership, USA Rugby, and they need to go. Pedro, as a board member, is it feasible to, to see them all go? Will they all go uh, peacefully or will they go kicking and screaming? Um, I don't know if they will go. I mean, eventually, obviously, everyone's going to term or either term out or... Um, you know, walk away. They've, they've made it very clear. Um, I think that lies with Congress, their fate, whether, you know, the early fate of the board members. But in terms of, um, you know, any early departure from my, you know, understanding, no one has that intention. Um, so I, I, you know, from my last conversations and, and understanding, again, it's it, it's going to, if, if the removal happens, it has, it would have to happen 
uh, by way of the bylaws through Congress. So, so that to that point, um, something that's happened of late, we, we have a, a current sort of understaff board, uh, even though it's sort of lame duck anyway, but with the resignations of Barrett and Keck, you're, you're two people down. So Congress had a call last night, and we're looking to create essentially a transitional board. So we want to place a couple of board members on there um, just to keep an eye on things during this uh, very tricky two, three-month transitional period once we get past the World Cup, uh, which, is, which is critical for our union. That that's a success. So we, uh, in order to, unfortunately, we're hamstrung by very um, restrictive bylaws. So in order to change those, we have to get a two-third written vote, and we agreed that last night. So Congress is attempting, as changing the bylaws in order to get two new board members seated. No guarantee the current board will agree to that. And the time frame is also something I, I feel needs to be, time is of the essence. This needs to happen now, yesterday. But unfortunately, um, in order to do it in a compliant legal manner, it takes a little bit of time. So that's what Congress is doing, is trying to get two new board members seated, transitional board members. Well, of course, as you stated, the, there's no guarantee that the board collectively will agree to that. Um, I certainly am a big proponent of a transitional board. Um, I think it's important that we have the right people in place right now who can guide this process and uh, you know, appropriately restructure. It's a very important, critical time. Um, and so uh, you know, I'm of the opinion that, that it's something we definitely need, strongly need. I mean, the bottom line is, you know, w why would you trust the people who dug the hole to get you out of the hole? I mean, w w why rely on a failed board to get us out of the crisis? You know, we need, we need some fresh faces. We need some, some uh, independent input. Well, looking from the outside, uh, in the time that you've been on Congress and you've been on the board of directors, there's been some remarkable change. Right? What, change in personnel? or yeah, change, change Not, not change in policy. No, but change in personnel, and I think that's the precursor to change in policy. And yeah, and, and, and again, without, um, you know, painting a sort of dystopian future here, right? I mean, it's going to be, it's always darkest before it's the... It's going to be great! It's always darkest before the dawn, right? So that's kind of where we are now, and we're going to have a good World Cup Sevens. We've got a man in place in an interim CEO. We're going to have a new board. You know, th things aren't all the bleak midwinter. We're going to get out of this. But before we get out of it, before we move forward, we have to acknowledge what happened and how we got here. And those people who got us here should be accountable. Yep, I, I agree with you. I, I've made it very clear that I agree with the fact that there has to be some accountability. Uh, there has to be some responsibility taken uh, for what we're, what we're currently dealing with. Um, and I understand that because we've been managing crisis after crisis after crisis that we haven't been able to really put any attention to that but that has to happen that day has to happen and as you said there are there is there is light right at the end of the tunnel um and one of the great things is a group of um ias the ias i would be comfortable to say uh particularly the women um international athletes in conjunction with uh ken pape uh, Carrie Hefferman, Hefferman um, of the Women's Leadership Com um, and Women's Leadership Council, Danita Knox, a group of us have gotten together and constructed an amendment to the bylaws, which would mimic what Canada just pushed across the line uh, a few weeks ago. Is that 40 percent? Uh, uh, yeah, minimum 40 uh, percent, uh, maximum 60 percent per gender uh, to represent 
our board. So it would give us a, a much more diverse board, um, balanced board, and it's been shown, you know, time and time again, companies that operate with this type of structure are far more successful. All right, we're getting the word that we have to break for commercial, but I want to get any any quick final thought before we bring on Ross because we're going to move ahead with Ross and see what he has to say. Yeah, well, I think to Fader's point there, it's something most Congress members will and should get behind is, um, you know, we've had some major comprehensive gender inequity issues from budgeting to board representation to opportunities for players. I mean, right down the board, I think this is a very good initiative and a good start to addressing some of those inequities. Absolutely. And World Rugby obviously uh, started this with their appointment of um, several women, I think, what, 17? The number I'm not quite certain on, but they expanded their council to include um, a number of women uh, out of you know real demand. And so uh, I think every union in the world needs to follow suit. Um, had you know, big, big kudos to Canada for really getting the ball rolling and being the first union to do so. Um, we need to be the second ones on that train. So very quick question, Fader. You may or may not know. Um, what is the current representation of... Representation. Representation of women and U.S. membership is about 35, 40. Is that about Around right? Around 35, 40, yeah. but by 2025, which is we, we've always, you know, I think we've always operated as a union in the now, which is in one res respect great, but you have to look ahead, right, which is a part of strategic planning, which is a part of, you know, really setting up a calendar. Um, we have to look at what we're going to be and where we're going to be, you know, in seven years, right? So by 2025... 40%, at least 45% of the rugby playing population will be women. Our board, our boardrooms need to reflect that. All right. Um, we have to take a quick break, but we'll be right back with the interim CEO of USA Rugby, Mr. Ross Young, after this. Been blind since I was four, and I've never seen a beer commercial or a beer label. None of that stuff influences me. I drink beer because of the taste. And my beer's Pabst Blue Ribbon. It has a taste and the flavor. What do you think's on the label? I think there's a, a naked woman riding on a unicorn, jumping over fire. Oh, that's good beer. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Rugby Wrap-Up. We're back with the second half of our State of the USA Rugby Address. And on the horn with us, we have Mr. Ross Young in the studio. We have Mr. Steve Lewis and Phaedra Knight. I'm Matt McCarthy. Ross, welcome. Thank you very much, everyone. It's great to be online with you. Ross, for the folks at home that don't know this, uh, you're a very tall man, and I'm just wondering if that's a prerequisite for being on the sinking ship that is USA Rugby. Prerequisite, it might be a bit of a hindrance, um, but no, more than happy to uh, to be part of the rewriting of that ship, and uh, you know, hopefully, be the master. We can hang a few sails off and and get the ship going back in the right direction. Well, Touche. Well done. Well done. Mm -hmm. Well done is right. <laughs> uh, uh, just uh, quickly, are you an Edinburgh man? Edinburgh born and bred for he sure. He went to some minor minor uh, affiliate school. Starts with an F, but. <laughs> we, we won't hold his schooling against him. So are you guys going to get along because he's Glasgow, you're Edinburgh. You know this is Glasgow, Edinburgh. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We've uh, we, we've settled these disputes before. We're in All good right. terms these days. It's not like Boston versus New York, right? It's kind of <laughs> a little bit more friendly. Yeah, no, I wouldn't say that. 
<laughs> and there we it's have not, it. It's not really a contest in most uh, most areas. So yeah. All right. Anyway, we can get to that in another segment. But uh, Ross, in our previous segment, Phaedra and Steve were talking about, about the problems that have occurred historically, and now we're at a at a point with you at the helm, at least on an interim basis, of going forward. So. Where do we go from here? What are some of the positives? I mean, there's lots of positives. Steve's alluded to them earlier, the performance of the national teams, um, the amount of rugby that's being played. You look at the activity around the MLR and the, the press that it's getting. Um, you know, we've got a huge opportunity at the World Cup in San Francisco in a couple of months. We've got another great opportunity to springboard off the, the rugby weekend um, with Ireland, Italy, and then both the men's and women's national 15s in, in really good, meaningful games. So, you know, there's uh, there's always opportunity. There always has been opportunity. But it, and undoubtedly, there are issues. There have been issues. Um, you know, what we've got to do now is take stock, regroup. And it really needs to be all of us. It's not going to be me. It's not going to be the board. It's not going to be Congress. It just needs to be proper, collective desire and strategy to move forward together. Um, it's not going to be perfect. We're not going to be able to do everything at once. But, you know, we need to all regroup and, and drive things forward. What was the most alarming thing that you found that you didn't anticipate when you took over? I don't think, I don't think there's anything alarming that, that, that I didn't know. Um, you know, if you look at the amount of, uh, amount of information out there, you know, some of it officially provided, others... Um, you know, in general speculation, it's we've got issues. You know, we've we've had issues. Um, I don't think there's there's any there's any been any huge secrets unveiled. It's uh, you know, Steve mentioned mentioned at the very start of the piece. There's there have been some some wrong decisions made, and we've gone too far down certain roads that we've now got to close everything up. And it's, it really is a is 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 an opportunity to reboot with some. You know, with the right stakeholders and groups, including the likes of World Rugby, to uh, help and guide us, you know, to, let's say, put things back together again, because it's, you know, it's just seize the opportunities. And, uh, and collectively, we need, to, we, need, we need to do that. And, you know, I've had a number of discussions with different people, and people say, well, who are we? You know, who is it? I don't want to exclude anyone. We's all of us. Um, and all of us need to be responsible. And all of us need to need to dig in and make this work because, I mean, I'm I'm here. I came to the U.S. originally and still here, and you know wanted to take on this role because I I think the opportunities it, it is certainly there. So there won't there won't be any public executions in the square, as far as you're concerned, right now on just to establish your 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 stamp. <laughs> Public, I'm just looking out the windows. There's a car park. There's a couple of very small trees, but uh, we can get media there. It's yeah, but, but Ross, I would make sure we do do things. We do things properly with the right rationale. Um, certainly not give any public floggings. I don't think you know, anybody in the in the national office. I mean, there's a large group of people here that have worked incredibly hard. Um, you know, but again, Steve alluded to earlier, without repeating, is that governance happens in in at various different levels, from World Rugby, from Congress, from the board, all the way down. And you know, I greatly believe we need to start at the top, and then it needs to cascade down properly. Pointless me charging around now like a bull in a china shop and changing everything. And 
then a new board coming in and us going through a strategic planning, operational planning, financial planning exercise and, you know, realize that was the wrong thing. I think we've, you know, we, we have to take stock and we have to do it properly and that has to be from the top down. Steve? Yeah, yeah, so on a personal level, I mean, there you are living a nice, quiet life up in leafy suburbs of Seattle. And here you are, you've grasped the poison chalice. Um, so w- w- what's your motivation? I'm obviously, you have a, a deep rugby background, I think most people would know. But um, noblesse oblige, why are you doing this? Why are you helping us out in our time of trouble? I genuinely want to. Uh, I mean, the, the amount of people... It, 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 People ask me the same question, why did I come here four and a half years ago and probably have a bit of a, a restart? And you know, that was coming me and speaking at a couple of conferences because the desire and passion to make it work is is still there. And you know, I've bought into that. And to me, it is the opportunity. Somebody needs to do it. I think um, with my experience and the diversification of my experience working in France, New Zealand, Australia, the UK, um, you know, is, is going to hopefully give everyone a benefit. I don't know all the answers. Um, you know, when you look at how rugby is organized and structured, in, it, it's, dif- it's different in every country. So you have to find what, what works in your environment. And, I mean, on this show and various other other outlets so over years, you know, it's well documented, the geography, the, the weather, the, you know, NCAA regulations, age grade competitions, it, it's tough when, you, when you've got an environment this size. Um, it's, but, you know, I, I feel that the time is right now to, 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 to step in and, and help wherever I can, which is why I was, when I was asked to step in, I didn't want to just take an interim role. So the, the opportunity to come on board as the COO and interim C, CEO is whatever happens with leadership moving forward. Um, I want to be here to give that bit of continuity through the past, the present, and, and hopefully what's going to be a good future. So, so just to clarify then, so, uh, so currently you're interim CEO, but are you interested in being permanent CEO? Or if not, are you still remaining on board as COO? So are, yeah, are you staying on board? I, yeah. That's why I've sort of given up my long-term commitments with Atavis and, and uh, you know, certainly not do um, relinquished all day-to-day responsibilities is to be able to do that because you know we've touched on it a few times during during this particular conversation is we're going to need a bit of continuity so yes i've given a commitment to be around in the long term in that coo role yes i've declared an expression of interest as being for being the permanent ceo and you know but whatever happens you know i'll support what happens for the right reasons because again it comes down to what what i said is i want it to be be a we it's going to take more than one person to do this and i feel whatever is decided from the governance structure down if they don't feel that i'm the appropriate they need someone with other skill sets then i want to be able to support that person and to take things forward uh ross not to put you under the spotlight but i go want to for go it, back Phaedra. i want to go put back to the, the uh, to, to the um equity subject um obviously there's been really prominent disparities in funding to the women, um, in opportunities, uh, ex, you know, per diem, you name it. It's just, it's been, it's been apparent since the beginning of the women's program in the U.S. Right? Um, what? How do you think you can contribute to uh, bridging that disparity? And do you think your influence, because of your history with World Rugby, uh, could play a role in even? 
um, helping solicit funding as you at from World Rugby as they do. You know, they provide a grant to our men's 15s. Do you think you can play a role in in maybe uh, helping us uh, activate that that kind of grant to our women? Um, undoubtedly, um, you know, the, the, my, the relationships, the relationships I have with other senior figures around the world and, and with World Rugby staff, yeah, definitely. Um, I mean, it's there's obviously economics to bear as, as there always is, is um, and you know, currently the the men's fifteen men's fifteen World World Cup is the I mean, it's the biggest dry single driver of revenue for for, for world rugby. Um, and having the U.S. compete at that level gives us the knock-on effect because you get more financial viability. It's yes, but I want equality. I want equity. I, I want to have it. It's you know, I want to have all those those elements in place. I want to do everything I can to be able to help. Um, but it is going to be, I think, like everything that we decide we're going to do moving forward. They, they all have to be prioritised and. You know, and we've got to work through through each, and we're not going to be able to do everything at once. But putting those type of things in place may a, a, a definitely a priority. And I know there's been a lot of talk, I mean, amongst the board, and, and just inter- general interest in USA Rugby hosting a men's World Cup. You know, I don't know if it'll be 2023, uh, 2027, mm-hmm. right? But there's a women's World Cup coming up. There's obviously World Rugby released just earlier this week. A new bidding process for that. Why would why not go for why, that? Why not go for yeah? Why not go for a 2021 uh, bid for the Women's World Cup? I think it's a remarkable opportunity. And if we can if we can sell more tickets today for the Sevens World Cup, right, than any any World Cup has done before, uh, why can't we do the same for for Women's Fifteens? We have, and I agree with you. I think the Rugby World Cup 2018 has been a much harder slog than it than it should have been because you know the the tender phase, the tender acceptance, and some of the criteria that were out there to start with against the reality of, of what was you know what was required was you know the, 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 it, it just didn't add up as it as it should have done. Um, I mean, Rosie and the, the team in San Fran have done a phenomenal job to to get us to where we we are, and you say it. it Currently, with you know, with the biggest selling ticket sales of, of any uh, of any World Cup sevens, and and we, we've got a long long way to go. Um, but Ross, or, sorry, the potential to do a lot more. But it's uh, you know, we have to before we start entering a tender process and committing to something, we have to make sure it's it's financially viable that we can, you know, that we can deliver it. And to do that, we need you know. We probably need partners that are going to uh, they're going to assist as part of that process from the off. Be that a city, be that a region, be it tourism agencies. It's we've, we've got to have we've got to have proper ducks in a row before we start. You know, be, throwing bids around. Yeah. yeah. So Ross, if you could look into that CEO crystal ball there that's in the office off camera, what is in the future for rugby international marketing and the rugby channel? I mean, I, I, I can't really say the, the detail around that. I think that'll be that'll be out for everyone to uh, to see in the near future. I think the one thing that, that's plainly clear is commercial entities that act on or behalf of the national governing body 
you know have to be more aligned and have to come under the same corporate governance structure. And I think that's uh, that's probably about as much as I can go with for, for now. Is you know we need to ensure that whatever happens with those entities moving forward, that uh, that they co- they all come under one transparent umbrella. How catastrophic is the financial situation, specifically in light of the World Cup sevens in San Francisco and the match in Washington, D.C. with South Africa and Wales? Um, the situation is not great, but we've put enough into it. We've put enough um, structure and solutions in place so that you know those events won't be affected. Um, and that we, uh, and also the union can operate. So, you know, the the financial implications will will obviously have an ongoing effect on a year to year basis. Um, but I think the the important criteria of deliverables against UOC deliverables, World Rugby deliverables, events, and you know, making sure that those two events that that, that you mentioned are delivered to an incredibly high standard that that allows us to. You know, as I said earlier, to use as a springboard, and hopefully, with that comes a little bit more financial success that we can uh, that, that, that we can build on. Also, all right, and also I have a, a Twitter exchange going on with the with the big cheese over at the Cardiff Blues, who wants to throw down the gauntlet of a Cardiff versus Team USA match in Cardiff because Blaine Scully helped them win their Challenge Cup. You got any? You got any answer to that? He's going to come on the show next week, Richard Holland. Any opportunity for the the US team to play? Uh, so if that's an open invite and he's going to take us across there, then uh, it's, it's certainly something worth exploring. That's for sure. Boom, Stephen. Final question. Yeah, it kind of goes back to Ross's final comment. So what we've been doing is a lot of uh, successful triage work, right? People like Mark Lambeau and John Bobbitt with Rim. Um, some new board members, yourself coming in. Um, the World Cup Sevens, which is the project right now, that looks like it's going better. Everyone needs to get there. If you haven't bought a ticket, you need to be in San Francisco. It's a reason to be there. Um, we're in a bad place, but we can o- it's only us that can dig ourselves out of it um, by being honest and working hard. So welcome aboard. Wow. Was that? Was I, I love it. The new trying Stephen to, Lewis. Trying to finish like positive. That. Trying to be Working positive. Good, good, good coaching. Always Lewis? finishing a positive up, upbeat. You must be Scottish because there's no way in hell he does that with anybody else. <laughs> yeah, thank, Fair enough. Thank you, Ross, for jumping in and um, rolling your sleeves up, just digging in. You're certifiably you. insane, sir. I got to tell yeah. you that. Yep. Yeah, if you said that. <laughs> All right. Thanks. Uh, On behalf of Mr. Ross Young, a very patient Mr. Ross Young and Steve Lewis, and of course, the Hall of Famer, Phaedra Knight. I'm Matt McCarthy at the Fantasy Sports Network, Studio 34 in New York City for Rugby Wrap-Up, signing off.